handout? Anybody need a handout? Wow, everybody got a handout, Trish. You did a good job. I'm going to give you a raise. Doubling your salary starting tonight. All right, so, so I talked to you this morning briefly about the title of the message was Sharing the Burden. All right, and Sharing the Burden, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does, how the Holy Spirit shares in our burden and what God has given us the Holy Spirit. You know, and I talked to the deacons earlier today in our class. And when Jesus was here, he was investing in his disciples but he did more for them after he left than he did for them while he was here. And it's even hard to believe, well, you know, hanging out with Jesus would probably be the best thing ever. But he gave them the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit come upon him. And that's the same thing he's given us. And that's pretty significant. And so the Holy Spirit's very important. It's very beneficial. We need to know how to use it. We need to know what he's doing for us. And that's what we're going to get in tonight. So let's open up the word to start with in Romans 8, 25 through 30. That's going to be our baseline scripture. Now, you're going to need a writing utensil, all right? And I have provided a bunch of them in the pew back in front of us. So you're going to need one of those. So you might want to get that handy. So, oh, Lord, here we go. Right. They ain't no fill in the blanks, is they? I gave you all a break on that. But there is going to be some, some word study here, all right? So let's look at starting in verse 25 on your handout. Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it in patience or with patience. In the same way, the Spirit, which is talking about the Holy Spirit, also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. Well, my goodness, what does that mean? He's he's, he's groaning for us, all right? And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And that's a passage of scripture that that some people like to go to in, in different times. But anyhow, so move on. The 29 says, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, and that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. All right, let's pray before we get started into our message. Father God, I come before you this, this evening. God, just thanking you for another opportunity just coming to your house to to study your word, God, to grow closer to you, and God, just to open it up together. And Father, I pray for our time together this evening. God, I just pray that you would draw us into the, to the scripture, that we, you would draw us into the word, God, that you would speak to us through the word this evening. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's look in, in verses 26 and 27, all right? I want you to look at those two verses specifically, and I want you to underline the things that you see that the Holy Spirit does for us. In just those two verses, 26 and 27, I want you to underline the things that you see that the Holy Spirit does for us, what he's doing for us. I'll give you just a second to do that, and then we're going to work through that together. Things that you see. Lavanda, what you doing sitting on this side? Okay. <laughs> okay. You didn't throw me a whole curveball. She don't never sit on this side. Just like Greg don't never sit on this side. If Greg sat on here, we'd have to cancel church. All right. All right. Y'all ready? Let's look at twenty six together. All right. Tell me, what are some things that you see the Holy Spirit doing? Tell me. 
He's helping us, all right? Helping us where the weak is. What else? He's interceding for us. What in the world? Who is he interceding to? God the Father. Okay, all right. What else? 27. He intercedes with the saints. All right. What above, what are, what above that? He searches our hearts. And we talk about heart. Man, heart is important to me. He's searching our heart. Just like Jesus looks into our heart. He's searching our heart. Where's our trouble? Where are we struggling at? What's going on in our life? Because he's groaning for us. He's groaning with us. He's suffering with us. As we are suffering, all right? And that's what he's talking about here. So those are the things that he intercedes with us. <coughs> Excuse me. He searches with us. And then let's look on down. <coughs> look at verses 29 and 30. And underline the things that you see God doing for us. All right, ready? All right, let's work through it together. What do we see in verse 29? What do we see God doing for us? Well, he foreknew us, all right, what else? He predestined us. He conformed us. Want to change us to the image of his son? That's his plan, all right? He's predestined all believers to be just like his son, all right? He wants to conform us. All right, so move on down to, to verse 30. What do you see? There's three things in there that stand out to me. What does he do? He called us. All right, predestined, what we just talked about, but he called us. Then what did he do when he called us? Justified us. He made us right. And then what did he do from that point? He glorified us. These are, this is the Holy Spirit working, and this is God the Father working. All right, so let's look at this. When the Holy Spirit comes to, let, to live in our hearts, he doesn't simply come in just to make a change in our life. We well, say, well, Carrie, that's all you've been talking about. Man, the Holy Spirit coming inside of us, making a change, changing us, Jesus changing us from what we were to what he wants us to be. That's all I've been preaching for, for a year and a half, of the, you know, this whole thing. But he doesn't simply come in to make a change in our lives. Even though he does make a significant change in our heart, he comes in also to give us strength. He comes in to give us strength to endure things. He comes in to, to help us, to give us courage, to give us guidance, to, to help us with discipline and things. He gives us all these things. Jesus told the disciples that the Holy Spirit would remind them what? Anybody? When I'm gone to heaven, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and he's going to remind you the things that I have taught you. Things that you're going to forget because I've taught you so much so much in these three years. You're not going to remember them all. There's going to be things that you're going to have a hard time recalling. But the Holy Spirit, through his power, through his grace, through his mercy, he's going to allow you to be able to recall the things that I have given you and I have taught you. All right? But one of the roles that the Holy Spirit plays in the lives of Christians is the fact that he shares in our burdens. You don't have to go it alone. Jesus said... Uh, that I'll be with you how often? Always. Even to the ends of what? End of the age. You know what that means? That means when he returns. So he ain't returned yet, which means he's still with us. All right? He's still working with us. He's still there for us. All right? All right. As a Christian, and this is a personal issue, and I like to share some things that are personal with me. As a Christian, I've needed this reminder more than once over the years. Because a lot of times I've tried to do some things on my own. I don't, y'all ever done that before? Huh? Patty usually corrects me about it, and I get it right after that. 
All right? But anyhow, let's just think about it. I've, ha- I've had a hard time many times understanding the will of God for my life. You ever had that trouble? Now, what is the will of God for my life? I've had a hard time understanding that, especially when I'm consumed with trying to discover these specific details about it because I like details about the will for my life. Now, the details that God may choose or not choose to give me at the time I'm looking for it may be just a timing issue because he will reveal it to you. So what is it that God wants me to do? That's a question that, I, that I've asked myself a lot. What is it that God wants me to do? What is it he wants, where does he want me to go? How does he want me to act? You ever ask yourself those same questions, or do you already know the answer? Huh? Have you ever asked yourself, what is it that God wants me to do? I know what I've got to do this week. I know what my schedule's going to look like. I know what the work's going to look like. I know where I've got to go. I know who I need to see. But have I ever stopped and said, God, what is it you want me to do this week? You know, do you want me to be in a small group? Or do you want me to be at church on Sunday morning and Sunday night? What is it you want me to do? Because here's the thing. What is it that I want to do? I want to do what God wants me to do. Amen? That's where you say Amen. Okay, all right, all right. I was just a lead into it, okay? All right, the answers to these questions are not something that I take lightly because they are very important to me, all right? God's will for our lives revolves around a word that I have used numerous times. It starts with an O, ends with obedience. You know, <laughs> obedience, all right? All right, so obedience. All right, let me ask you a question. You know, I love to ask questions. Do you put limitations on the obedience that you're willing to give God? God, I want to be obedient, and I want to do what you want me to do. But think about this. Do you put limitations on it? As long as it don't do this. As long as it don't cause this, all right? God, I want to be obedient, but we need to establish some boundaries. We need to establish some guide rails that we're going to go with here. Lord, I want to be obedient as long as it does not interfere with the things in my life that I enjoy doing. And God doesn't want to deprive you of joy. He gives you joy. He's the ultimate source of joy. All right? As long as it don't interfere with it. But you got to think about it. Simply put, God's will for your growth is Christ-likeness. So God's will for your life is to be what? More like Christ. Amen? That's what we want to be. And do I want to be more like Christ? Yes. Absolutely. Will I ever be like Christ? Absolutely not. But that's my desire, and that's God's will for my life, to be more like his son, okay? All right? God desires that, the, that we grow closer to Christ each and every day. That's the purpose of fellowship. That's the purpose of our investing in each other. That's the purpose of our study time. That's the purpose of our, everything we do that glorifies God the Father is to grow closer to him in our fellowship with him and with each other. <clears throat> God desires that we become more and more like his son in our actions and in our words. Not just the things we say, but the things that we do. God's promise to work. He promises to work all things out for the good of those who love the Lord. All right, So that we might be conformed to the image of his son. And that's biblical. God is concerned about the trials and the struggles of his people. He always has been. Sometimes we're just a little bit stubborn, but he always has been concerned about our struggles. When Jesus was ministered on this earth, look at this. The Bible says that he groaned with this and saw the pain of the hearts of people. The Bible says that Jesus groaned. He wept. He groaned. He was, dis- he was uh, emotionally distraught because of the pain that he saw in his people. Let's look at this. 
That ain't going to blow up, is it? <laughs> Let's look at this. John eleven thirty three. Anybody want to read that? No? When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, See how, we, see how he loved him, but some of them said, Could not this man who opened his, the eyes of the blind, the blind man, have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus again, deeply, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was laying against it. Let me ask you, all you teachers, is, is verse 35 a sentence? Yes. Two words, Jesus wept. Is that a sentence? Huh? Because it's important. Just those two, huh? Two words, completely one verse by itself, one sense. Jesus did what? He showed human emotion, and he wept for us. He groaned with the trouble of, of those that were there. All right. Today, the Holy Spirit groans with us and feels the burdens of our weakness and suffering. But the Holy Spirit does more than just groan for us. Here, here's, what, here's what he said. He intercedes for us, all right? He prays for us in his groaning so that we might be led into the will of God. The Holy Spirit's whole objective is to help us transform and move into the will of God. So that, that objective is for us to be more like Christ. And that's what he's pressing for. That's what he wants to help us to grow in our relationship with him. So we do not always know God's will for our lives. That's just the way it is. I mean, we don't always know it. We should strive to know it. But if, if you flat out just say God's will for my life is to be more like Christ, then I know the will that he wants me to do. Well, specific will is a little bit different. But the thing is God wants me to be more like his son, all right? We do, all, we don't, do not always know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf so that we might live in the will of God in spite of the sufferings that we encounter. Now, the Spirit of God shares in our burdens that we bear. God never promised a perfect life. He never promised perfect health. He never promised that things were going to be completely perfect. He never promised us an easy life. He never said that we were going to be super successful. The one thing he did say was what? I'll go with you always. I'll be with you always. No matter how tough it gets, no matter how much struggle you deal with, no matter how much chaos there is in the world, how it seems like the world is falling apart, how people don't want to be in my house, or they do, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be with you always until I return again, all right? Now, he doesn't promise he's going to get better, but what he does promise us is that he's going to be loving, pure, and humble to us so that we become more like Jesus. Now, something that's really hard for us to understand is the fact that during these times of suffering, God is at work in the world because God will use anything in the world to advance his mission, all right? He's working in the world, and he has a perfect plan. Romans 8, 28 says this, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose. Now, nowhere in that scripture does it say that the people that love God are going to have an easy life. It says that all things work to, to, together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called to his purpose. Now, God has two purposes for his plan, two purposes for his perfect plan. One is our good and the other one is what? His glory. That's the two purposes for his plan. Work things work for our good, 
who loved the Lord according to his purpose and his glory. Okay? All right. Ultimately, he will make us like Jesus Christ. That's it. God's never failed on anything that he's tried to do. All right? He's going to fulfill his purpose. Ultimately, we will be like Christ, but it will be when we're standing in his presence. All right? All right? Best of all, God's perfect plan will succeed. If you ever read the end of the book, you know what I'm talking about. His plan started before the beginning of time and when he chose us. All right? So go back to Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. It says this. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. You think about that. What does he want us to be? Holy and blameless. God is holy. Jesus is holy. They're both blameless. He wants us to be holy and blameless before him in love. All right. He predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ through himself according to the kind of intention of his will. Now, let me explain this. God predestined that one day we would be like his son. That's what he predestined. That's the will of God, all right? Predestination applies only to who? Believers. Predestination has absolutely nothing to do with non-believers. It has to do with believers, all right? Predestination is strictly for saved people. Nowhere in the Bible are we taught that God predestined people to be eternally condemned and separated from him. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that God predestined people to be eternally separated from him. If people are eternally separated from God, whose choice is it? Theirs. It's not God's. He didn't predestine anybody to be separated from him. If they are condemned, it's because they refuse to accept and trust who? Jesus Christ. All right? All right, John three eighteen. Somebody read that one for me. We could read that passage of Scripture over and over and over. If you need something to share with somebody that has a little bit of confusion about what's going on, that's a solid verse of a passage of Scripture. Those he chose, he called. The Bible tells us that. When they responded to his call, and that's what he's talking about in this passage, he justified them, and then he also glorified them. That means that the believer has already been glorified in Jesus Christ. All right? John seventeen twenty two. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. God, Jesus telling, you know, the, the way that the relationship that you and I have, Father, I've given it to them so that they can have the exact same relationship that I have with you. I've passed it on. They have seen me. They have seen the Father in me. I have displayed you Every single aspect, every miracle that's been performed, every word, everything that I have done has been a direct reflection of you. And it's what he's telling them, all right? So how can we as Christians ever be discouraged or frustrated when you know that God's will for your life is to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ? How can we ever be truly frustrated with that action and that will, all right? All right. Our suffering today only guarantees that we'll have glory with Jesus Christ when he returns. Now, church, listen up. God's will for your life is not very complicated. It's fairly easy, all right? 
Obviously, living a Christ-like life is hard work. He never said it was going to be easy, and it is hard work, all right? And, but what follows Jesus entails is not clear in every situation, but the will of God for your life is pretty straightforward. I'm going to give you three basic things to think about, and this is how it's straightforward, all right? The will of God is pretty straightforward. There's three basic things for you to remember. Here we go. Live your life striving to be holy like Jesus Christ. That's what he said. I want to make you holy. All right? So number one, live your life striving to be holy like Jesus Christ. That's the way you want to focus. Whatever you're doing, however you do, work, live, life, whatever you do. And, and people used to say, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, that's the truth. What would he do? How would he act? How would he respond, you know, to the things that we encounter? Number two, lean on the power of the Holy Spirit for your guidance and your strength. He gave you to, the, the Father gave you the Holy Spirit to live inside of you when you become a believer for the purpose of guiding you and giving you strength. So lean on him. You know, that's the thing about it. If you've got a, a resource at your fingertips and you don't use it, then you're missing out on a blessing. But he's at your fingertips, all right? He's ready to burden with you. He's ready to groan with you. He's ready to help you and strengthen you and to guide you. All right, number three, and live your life for the blank of God. What is it? For the glory of God. Man, I can't tell you anymore. Everything we do has to be for the glory of God. And if it's not, we're not doing it for the right reason. Live your life for the glory of God. So that's the thing. When Kerry's dead and gone, I don't want people to remember his medical career. I don't want people to remember all the things that I may or may not have done. I want to remember that he lived his life for the glory of God. Amen? And that'd be, wouldn't that be something, when you say something good to put on your tombstone? He lived his life for the glory of God, and that's where I want it to be shed. All right, any questions? I try to make it a little short one night because I was given instructions to make it a little bit brief tonight. One person even said, why don't you just cancel it tonight? I got it. Number two, lean heavy on the power of the Holy Spirit for your guidance and your strength. Lean on him. When you can lean on somebody that's that strong, <coughs> you can't go wrong. <coughs> All right. What other questions we got? Well, you can't leave. Bring him back in. I ain't through. <laughs> huh? All right. Everybody good? All right. I'm going to pray and close us in prayer. And then as soon as I finish praying, I would like to invite each and every one of you to join me in the fellowship hall. Because I got a special surprise for you. Do not go out that door. Go out this door, all right? I'm going to be standing there blocking that door. I want you to come back here because i got a prize, surprise for you. Is that true? Is that the way I was supposed to say it, Jackie? Huh? You want me to reel any more, Melanie? Okay. Y'all joining me in the back because maybe it's my birthday. Y'all don't know. And we got a surprise for me. I don't know. Okay? But anyhow, I want every one of y'all to join me in the fellowship hall after I pray. Okay? All right. Let's pray. Father God, I come before you this evening. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that's in your word. Thank you for the promises that are in your word. And God, just thank you for love. Man, I thank you for loving me, uh, a lost sinner. God that had no bearings on where he was going until you, you came into my life. And I thank you for salvation. I thank you for the love of Jesus Christ, the, the love that was shown to me. And God, the way that you continue to, to love on me. And I, I thank you for this church. I thank you for Pine Hill. God, the commitment of, of these people to serve you, God, to live a life for you. 
and God, to have an outreach and a burden for lost people. And God, just thank you for that. And Father, I just I lift up Kristen to you tonight. Father, she's in the hospital. God, I ask that you touch her. I ask that you let her feel your presence. God, she's in the hospital. That not common for her age, God, because that's a, a kind of a scary thing. But God, I want you to comfort that. Send the power of the Holy Spirit into that room. And God, let everybody that walks in her room tonight know that she's a believer. And God, that the Holy Spirit has this all under control. And I ask that you heal her and that you move her out of the hospital as soon as possible. God, I pray for the, the family that, that lost a family member this evening. God, I just know that you're the only one that can fill that void. And Father, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would move into that family and they would feel your presence. And God, that you would love on them and comfort them in their time of need. Father, I thank you for what you do for us every single day. And God, I'm especially thankful for Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. To the fellowship hall.